Hey, guys, we're going to get to the show in just one second. But before we do, uh, I'm going to throw to Jeremy Boring with an important message about his new podcast, Enough. Hey, guys, Jeremy Boring here, co-founder and God King of The Daily Wire. I'm here to tell you how the legacy media rigged the election against Donald Trump before the first ballot was even cast. I'm not saying they stole it. I'm saying they rigged it. And I'm saying they're going to do it again unless we do something about it. My new podcast, Enough, is now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you listen. So please, go check us out. And if you like it, leave us a five-star review. Enough from The Daily Wire. Today on The Matt Wall Show, it's well known that the people who shout, follow the science, are often the most hostile to it. The latest example is the left's campaign to censor a book about the, quote, transgender craze among children. So we'll talk about that today. Also in our five headlines, Chicago becomes the latest city to cancel Thanksgiving. No Thanksgiving is allowed. Uh, the mayor says it's necessary to do this in order to save lives, but she seems very selective in the lives she wants to save in her city. Plus, Cracker Barrel apologizes for a rope that offended people in its store, plus our daily cancellation and much more. But first, a word from our uh, good friends at Charity Mobile. You know, we, we, we talk about, we complain about, I know I complain all the time about uh, companies, so many companies out there, big corporations especially, that don't share our values uh, as conservatives and pro-lifers and are actively working to undermine uh, us in the culture. And in fact, we'll have an example of that coming up in just a second here. But that's why when there's, a, when there's a company that does share our values and is on our side, it's so important to support them. And that's what brings us to the pro-life phone company, Charity Mobile. Uh, you know, with, with Charity Mobile, 5% of your monthly plan price goes to the pro-life, pro-family charity of your choice. And that's the, the charity part of it, and that's great. But there's also the service part where you get a great service as well. New activations and eligible accounts. Get a free cell phone with free activation and free shipping. Uh, look, there's no contracts, there's no termination fees, there's no risk, there's a 30-day guarantee, so you don't have to worry about anything like that. And there's live customer service um, based right in the USA, whenever you need it. And if, if you know if you've got kids and you want to make sure you're protecting them as well, you got the ability to block uh, cellular data, picture messages, text messages, whatever you want to do for that for that safety with your kids as well, which is so important. You can help build a culture of life in America while supporting a pro-life phone company and also getting a great service on top of that. And I've been using Charity Mobile for months now and uh, I can't say enough good things about it. So what I would tell you right now is call them at 1-877-474-3662 or chat with them online at charitymobile.com. All right, well, you know, we're constantly told these days to follow the science, believe in science. The science will guide us. The science will save us. All hail science, our redeemer. This is a message we have heard, especially during the COVID lockdowns, which have been justified on the basis of science. And by on the basis of science, I mean on the basis of the word itself. This is usually how science is wielded in arguments these days. In order to prove that science is on one side, one need only shout the words science and research and evidence while providing actual examples of none of them. You know, like, do your research. Haven't you ever heard of science, you dummy? Look at the evidence. And that's all. That's the whole argument. Loud and confident assertion in the place of persuasion, which pretty much sums up all debate on the internet these days and much of what you get from the left in this country. The left is especially fond of, of talking about science, though not necessarily as fond of the thing itself. Yesterday on the show, uh, just as an example, I played a, a strange little skit from the demented mayor of Chicago uh, uh, celebrating science, ostensibly. And it's really not necessary that I play it again, but I'm going to anyway just to torture you. And so here it is.
Oh. Thank God. Science is back, baby. And the earth is round, not flat. Washing your hands does work. Social distancing does matter. And wearing a face covering does help protect all of us. I do love science. Yes, you're welcome for that. Don't tick me off or I might keep playing that. That will be my punishment for the audience anytime it misbehaves. The Lori Lightfoot videos will continue until morale improves. But in any case, um, you see there's science. Science is back. And of course, Governor Cuomo in New York is a big fan of talking about science. He said that following science is the reason why he's decided to, as we discussed yesterday, take the absurdly unconstitutional step of telling people how many family members they're allowed to have in their own homes. What this has to do with science and how science at all vindicates this move is not explained. It's never explained. And it's interesting that from the follow science and believe in science crowd, you also get this. Abigail Schreier uh, wrote a book called Irreversible Damage, the Transgender Craze Seducing Our Daughters. And it's about, as the title suggests, left-wing gender ideology and how it's being imposed on our children. Here's a description of the book on Amazon. Uh, I think it's important to understand what the book is about so that the madness of what we're going to discuss next is perfectly clear. So the description says, until just a few years ago, gender dysphoria, severe discomfort in one's biological sex, was vanishingly rare. It was typically found in less than 0.01% of the population, emerged in early childhood, and afflicted males almost exclusively. But today, whole groups of female friends in colleges, high schools, and even middle schools across the country are coming out as transgender. These are girls who had never experienced any discomfort in their biological sex until they heard a coming out story from a speaker at a school assembly or discovered the internet community of trans influencers. Unsuspecting parents are awakening to find their daughters enthralled to hip trans YouTube stars and gender-affirming educators and therapists who push life-changing interventions on young girls, including medically unnecessary double mastectomies and puberty blockers that can cause permanent infertility. Abigail Schreier, a writer for the Wall Street Journal, has dug deep in the, into the trans epidemic, talking to the girls, their agonized parents, and the counselors and doctors who enable tra gender transitions, as well as to detransitioners, young women who bitterly regret what they've done to themselves. Coming out as transgender immediately boosts these girls' social status, Schreier finds. But once they take the first steps of transition, it's not easy to walk back. She offers urgently needed advice about how parents can protect their daughters. Okay, sounds like a great book. An important book. I I'd heard of the book before, hadn't read it. I've now ordered a copy of it myself. But the more important point is that it's a book talking about a very real phenomenon and calling attention to a problem that many people would prefer to ignore. It's also a book, it would seem, grounded in science. That is, grounded in the recognition of the reality of biological sex and child psychology. It is through the recognition of these two realities and through understanding them that a person can see that the transgender craze among children is a problem. It's a crisis, in fact. But the pro-science people um, don't like this kind of science. So the woke squad has been hounding Schreier and trying to get her shut down and censored and going after anyone who sells the books. Yesterday, a couple of uh, trans activists, and it was just a couple from what I could tell, tweeted at Target complaining that the forbidden text was on sale in their stores. Target, within hours, very quickly responded and pulled the book from their shelves. All it took was a few trans activists just shouting the word transphobia and Target's 
a multi-billion dollar company caved in like a quaking sinkhole and apologized and said they'd remove it just like that. It must be nice to wield that kind of cultural power. I mean, trans people say they're oppressed by our society, and yet just one or two of them can go to Target and say, I don't much care for this product you're selling. And the whole company will fall to its knees, beg for forgiveness, remove whatever item was distressing them. Do you think I could get that response? Do you think I, as the dreaded, privileged, cisgender white man, could go to Target and say, hey, Target, get rid of this book here. I don't like it. And they would actually say, yes, sir, as you wish. I doubt it. Now, once I'm fascist dictator of the hemisphere, you can be damn sure they'll listen. But for now, not so much. Because I'm not so lucky as to be oppressed in that way. In the way that so many groups in America are, quote unquote, oppressed. By the way, as mentioned, there's been a, a lot of censorship around this book. And of course, uh, this issue more broadly. Um, this week also, GoFundMe shut down a fundraiser by a group of parents who are trying to raise money to put up billboards that were supposed to combat the manipulation and corruption of children by the radical LGBT, LGBT left. The billboard said, puberty is not a medical condition. And then there was a picture of Shire's book and a message urging people to read it. GoFundMe stopped the fundraiser, citing their rules against hate speech. And this is what you get if you follow the science in the way that the left wants you to. Namely, they want you to fo follow not the science, but doctrine. And they want you to follow it all the way over a cliff and into the abyss. See, the thing is, following science, I mean actually following science, if the phrase means anything at all, must mean simply weighing all the information available, analyzing it coolly and rationally, and making informed judgments. Science, after all, is not some sort of creature. It's not some entity. It's not some mysterious being that commands our allegiance. Science is the study of the physical and natural world. And following science means, means, it means not, not blindly accepting whatever someone tells you in the supposed name of science, but rather approaching issues as objectively as possible and drawing conclusions based on an honest analysis of the available information. It'd probably be better to say instead of follow the science, as if the science is some homogenous, never-changing thing which issues decrees like the Wizard and the Wizard of Oz, instead... Maybe we should say, think scientifically, or maybe even better, putting the word science to the side, we might just tell people to be honest, to be rational, be thoughtful. That's really what's needed in our society. But whether we're endeavoring to follow the science, think scientifically, or simply be honest and rational, none of that is possible if entire categories of thought are forbidden, if volumes of research and evidence on a given subject are thrown in the incinerator because they might offend the wrong people. If perfectly valid and intelligent points of view are not allowed to be expressed or are, or are shouted down rather than listened to and engaged with, I mean, if you really want to follow the science and you don't agree with Schreier or people like her, then present your arguments against her. Make your case. Say, I disagree. Here's why. You'll have quite a hard row in front of you if you want to make an argument against Schreier's view that we shouldn't push gender confusion on our children. But if that's your view, defend it. The problem is that most of the people with that view, the opposing view to Shriers, know they can't defend it. They can't begin to make a coherent case. So they scream and shout and pout and punish and censor. Of course, all the while, still extolling the virtues of, quote unquote, science. All right, let's get to our five headlines.
All right, getting into our he- headlines. Um, by the way, I mentioned before I have all these uh, these stage props on my on my desk now, my fancy new studio. Like I have my my Nashville, my fake Nashville family, and my um, who I I draw a lot of inspiration from. I also have. I just noticed I have these fake books. I have a a book that was put here. On the title, it says band names. That's the name. That's the the title of the book, band names, and then it's it's empty inside. So I don't know if it's a book. If I come up with ideas for band names, I guess I'm supposed to just keep track of those here, which is good because I have a lot of ideas for band names. I have no mis- musical ability, but in fact, I just had one. What did I say? I I, I made a mental note. Um, oh, the Quaking Sinkholes might be a good name for a band. Someone could take that. I'll have to write that in the book. All right. Um, Number one, speaking of Mayor Lightfoot, uh, let's play that video again. No, I'm not going to do that. But here's the latest from Chicago. Democratic Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot issued another lockdown advisory on Thursday as COVID-19 cases spike in her city, uh, urging Chicagoans to cancel their Thanksgiving plans. Starting Monday, Lightfoot will impose a 10-person ceiling on gatherings such as weddings, funerals, and other events. Um, She said uh, a stay-at-home advisory for Chicago will go into effect on Monday, November 16th at 6 a.m., This advisory calls on all Chicagoans to do the following. Stay home, unless for essential reasons. Stop having guests over, including family members you don't live with. Avoid non-essential travel. Cancel traditional Thanksgiving plans. Regarding whether the advisory is mandatory or voluntary, Lightfoot said, this is a progressive step. I hope we don't have to go any further than this. You know, we've been so focused on the war on Christmas. We've been manning the forts on the war on Christmas. And instead, they just they they they, they uh, sneaked in the side entrance and canceled Thanksgiving instead. Uh, but she also says, I want to read this. She says, uh, if the possibility of a thousand more people dying in the city in the next seven weeks doesn't grab you by the throat as it did me when I started seeing that modeling, then there's little we're going to do to move you. Uh, if we see you violating these rules in any way, we're not going to hesitate to take action. Yeah. Well, of course. You read something like that from the mayor of Chicago, and the first thing that comes to mind is, yeah, you know, you got hundreds of people dying in your city uh, all every year. Nothing to do with COVID-19. I mean, uh, murdering each other in the streets. You don't seem very concerned about that. I, I would think that should, quote, grab you by the throat, shouldn't it, mayor? Not a lot of concern there. No, instead, we're going we're gonna to make sure... Stop having guests over. I mean, I, I, I know I've been complaining about this all week, but I, I will never get used to that. You've got the mayor of a city or the governor of a state telling you, you can't stop having guests over to your house. It is absolute madness. Um, all right, number two, we'll play this. Here's yet another segment from CNN comparing Trump to Hitler. Listen. This week, 82 years ago, Kristallnacht happened. It was the Nazis' warning shot across the bow of our human civilization that led to genocide against a whole identity. And in that tower of burning books, it led to an attack on fact, knowledge, history, and truth. After four years of a modern-day assault on those same values by Donald Trump, the Biden-Harris team pledges a return to norms. Yeah, that's one of the more direct comparisons we've heard from uh, from an outlet like CNN. Of course, it's not the first time we've gotten this comparison. They've been doing this for four years, but one of the, mo- one of the more direct comparisons. Com- of course, completely ridiculous and also offensive uh, considering, you know, the Holocaust 
is a thing that actually happened and millions of people died. So it's not just some political cudgel that you can use or you shouldn't be using it that way. It's not some pawn to be, to be played with in your political games. Um, and also, as I've, as I've said, the, the, the attempt, I mean, there, there, there are plenty of legitimate criticisms you can make of Donald Trump. Um, which is why it's so impressive that with all of these legitimate, and there are plenty of legitimate criticisms you can make of any president or any politician. Donald Trump, though, has, you know, has, has his own share, um, many of which are pretty obvious. But with all these legitimate criticisms you can make of Donald Trump, somehow the left and the media has spent the last four years focusing on everything but those. They found, they, they, they've been focusing on all the illegitimate criticisms completely bypassing the huge elephant in the room, which are the, the real criticisms they could be making. Trying to paint Trump as some sort of dictator-like figure, which is, which is just the absolute opposite of the truth. I think one of his weaknesses has been that he, 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 he's, he's, a, he's a, you know, especially when it comes to the, with the rioting and everything that happened, he was very reluctant, actually, to step in uh, and, uh, and, and put a stop to it. I don't think a dictator would have that reluctance. Donald Trump was. All right, number three. This is from Yahoo. Uh, listen to this story. This again, this is Yahoo. It's not Babylon B. This is real. A Cracker Barrel location in Connecticut has recently come under fire after the discovery of a decoration that closely resembled a noose. Cracker barrels are often decorated with antique and vintage items, but according to Fox News, patron Alfonso Robinson noticed noose-like decorations. Notice noose-like. It's not a noose, it's just noose-like. In other words, if it's a rope with a knot at the end, now that's noose-like. According to Fox News, patron Alfonso Robinson noticed noose-like decorations while dining at the restaurant on November 9th and posted pictures of them to Twitter. He said, someone at Cracker Barrel in East Windsor needs to explain why there are nooses on the ceiling. The chain responded to the tweet the same day, apologizing, uh, saying, we work hard to create a culture of hospitality that's welcoming, respectful, and inclusive to everyone who walks through our doors. Some of the historic decor in our stores may be reminiscent of earlier times, but our inclusive culture is firmly grounded in today. How is a rope reminiscent of earlier times? It's just a rope. Cracker Barrel also clarified the decoration was an antique soldering iron with an original wrapped cord that should have been noticed and corrected before ever being displayed. Uh, And it's now gone from the store. You were offended by the rope, so we took it down. After the incident, local activists have met with the manager of the store in order to do a walkthrough of the store and point out any other decorations that may have a racist connotation. Any other decorations but this one didn't have a racist connotation. It was a soldering iron. What's racist about that? Uh, It's still unclear if the chain will check its other locations for other decorations that could be viewed as racist. Well, you might, anything can be viewed as, I think we've, we've learned that much by now. Literally anything can be viewed as racist. This is, this is, this is the one talent that the left has and the race hustlers have this, their creativity and finding ways to see everything as racist. So anything could be as racist. You might as well just take everything down. Uh, Every building has to be 
utterly bare, just white walls, like in the Matrix or something. You know, when Neo steps into the Matrix right before he does the karate lesson, it's all just white. But I guess, actually, never mind. White walls would also be offensive. Um, Karen Prescott, founder of a local organization to fight racism, told the publication, um, that is the Journal Inquirer publication, says, I'm hopeful that the interaction I had with the manager here today is what's going to be like, what it's going to be like going forward with any businesses, individuals, organizations, or people on social media. Basically, what I'm saying is if, if I can say to you, hey, this is racist, this is offensive, then I hope you would move to action. And in this case, take it down and be, and be understanding and be open to learning. <laughs> Be, first of all, open to learning. No, you need to be open to learning because they told you what the rope was there for. So you were just wrong. You're the one who needs to learn here. What you need to learn is not every rope is racist. In fact, I would, I would say this. No rope is racist. There's never been a racist rope. It's a rope. And, and also, since even if it was not a noose, it was just a rope. But since, what, since when is a noose a, a, a universal racist symbol? When did that happen? It's it, the left has just done this. They've just over the last few months, they've they've made this into a racist symbol, just like they did with the OK sign. They just decided that okay, that's going to be racist now. That's a calling card for white nationalists. It never actually was. They've, they've simply decided that it's going to be now. But Karen Prescott says, um, I, "Get a load of that." I just listen to this quote again. Get a load of this. I'm hopeful that the interaction I had with the manager here today is what it's going to be like going forward with any businesses, individuals, organizations, or people. So what she, I don't know if this is a he or she, Karen, spelled with an E. Um, of course, it's a Karen, though. So what this person is saying is that, uh, yes, I, I, I hope that, that this interaction with Cracker Barrel extends to all people in the world now. I, I hope this is the beginning of a trend where if I tell you that something offends me, you will immediately stop doing it. This is what they're saying. I, this is what I expect of the entire world now. And they get their way. You know, for so long, those of us on the, on the right um, comforted ourselves when we looked at all these snowflake, safe space college students. And what do we always say? We always said, Oh, they're going to get out into the real world, and they're going to—they're going to discover that people don't care about their feelings, and you know they're going to have a rude wake-up, wake-up call when they get into the real world. But we forgot that they're inheriting—they—they're inheriting the new world, the world. They—they're you know they—they they get to shape it. They're the new generation, so they just went out into the world, and no, actually they—they they haven't really had a wake-up call. Now everyone is just bending to their whim. Entire corporations. All right. Um, five, finally, a report from USA Today. An Amazon driver found he was a few strokes high at a Michigan golf course over the weekend. Bill Offer spotted something unusual blocking his way through a cart tunnel about 2.30 p.m. You can see the picture here at a golf club. It was an Amazon delivery truck wedged about six feet into the tunnel between the dunes course, Ninth Green, and the clubhouse. Um and yeah, that's, uh, so he was, he was, now here's, he, he said he was using GPS and that's the punchline here. So the Amazon delivery guy ended up on a golf course off the road, wedged into a golf course tunnel, a, t a tunnel that really does not look like it would fit that truck at all. And it didn't. 
but he was just following the GPS. And we see this is this is a real problem where the GPS, you know, is our reliance on GPS is destroying our sense of direction entirely. Uh, and it's I, I admit it's it's a problem for me too, because I, I'm at a point now where I will use the GPS even if I know where I'm going, because now the GPS will it will it will alert you to traffic and it might reroute you. So I'll I'll keep it on even if I know exactly where I'm going. And I am becoming dumber and dumber because of it by the minute. Uh, and I don't have a lot of IQ points to spare, as you know. All right, we're going to get to our daily cancellation in just a second. But before we do, um, you know, we talk about investing, and, and it, it's really important to hedge your investments with some gold. Um, and especially as we look at some of the uh, the, the uncertainty in the world and everything, uh, well, this is this is stability that you can have. But the problem is that it's really expensive to just go out and buy gold. That's not something a lot of people can do. So here's something new. Um, you know how the price of gold has been skyrocketing lately. There's a new way to buy gold through a company called Acre. Acre lets you subscribe to gold bars for as little as $30 a month. You pay each month, and once your gold stash reaches the price of their gold bars, they discreetly ship the Acre gold to your house. Um, Acre will keep you updated on your gold stash every month, and so that's fun as well. You're getting those updates, and it ships to you once you've reached the, uh, the price threshold. And with Acre, they're going to take charge of the physical delivery of your gold. It means it's going to be safe. It's going to be uh, in your hands, safe and sound in no time. Acre ships your gold directly and discreetly to your, go- to your door. Uh, and Acre also designs their gold in California. It sor- sources their gold from one of the largest mints in Switzerland. Um, Acre also just recently introduced their new $100 per month subscription for their 5-gram gold bar. Uh, and this is something, if you have the, a goal of investing in gold and the idea of you know just going out and buying gold is is seems unattainable. Well, then here's here's your way of making it happen. So visit getacregold.com/walsh and start investing in physical gold today. Make sure you get go to this URL though because Acre is also giving away a gold bar. If you want to qualify for this giveaway, and I think we all would like to qualify for it, you could tweet or post why you should be the recipient of this free gold bar and mention at get underscore acre when you do that. Again, that's getacregold.com slash Walsh. And thank you to Acre Gold for supporting the show. One other thing to mention, you know, uh, we all are pretty disgusted with the legacy media, uh, especially recently with with how they're behaving around the election. Um, and we know that if we have a, you know, if, if we have a problem with the legacy media and we don't like what they're doing with the election, what they've done throughout this, you know, for, for decades now, then that means that we have to stop relying on it. We have to start looking at other options, um, and that's where Daily Wire comes in. You know, you can get a Daily Wire description, uh, subscription, and look, we've got big plans for the next four years, and it starts today. Candace Owens, New York Times bestselling author, founder of the Blexit Foundation, is joining the Daily Wire. We made that announcement a couple weeks ago. Very excited about that. She'll be launching a brand new show with us. She'll also be writing for the site. We'll be launching an interna- entertainment channel as well, a new investigative journalism team, uh, building partnerships as well with like-minded creators like PragerU whose entire show library by the end of the year will be available on dailywire.com. So it's another perk you'll get. And right now, just so you know, we're serious. We're offering 25% off all memberships with code election over at dailywire.com slash subscribe. And members get all the perks that we always talk about. They get our articles ad-free, access to our whole show library, three hours of the Ben Shapiro show, exclusive readers pass content. And if you up the ante and become an all-access member, you also get to take part in our all-access shows and uh, discussions, which we live stream every night. And those are a lot of fun as well. So remember, that's 25% off all memberships with code ELECTION over at dailywire.com slash subscribe. You can replace the legacy media with the Daily Wire. You won't regret it. 
Go there now, dailywire.com. All right, time for our daily cancellation. Today we're going to cancel, and this really shouldn't be a thing I have to cancel, but I do. We're going to cancel hugging stations or hugging curtains or hugging tarps, whatever increasingly creepy name you want to give it. I've seen many videos of these things going viral recently, and uh, here's, here's a taste of it. Here's what they look like. Our news cameras were rolling to capture her hugging her four-year-old grandson for the first time in what felt like forever. Proving at a time of such uncertainty, we all feel better after getting a hug. It was so genuine. Didn't even know there was a plastic between us. Really, we all needed it so badly. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. If you miss hugging your grandma during the coronavirus pandemic, you're not alone. This is what love is all about. And this is precious. Great-grandma Rose is used to hugging her granddaughter Carly and her great-grandchildren all the time. I see them every day normally, so this was kind of a, a challenge not to be able to see them, not to be able to hug them. So Carly came up with an ingenious invention that looks like something straight out of the boy in the plastic bubble. I was getting sort of to the point of, oh my gosh, I just can't handle this. I just need to hug her. The kids need to hug her. Sheets of plastic protect 85-year-old Rose and let everyone have a hug without potentially spreading the virus. My arms go through the top one. <laughs> How amazing is this? Yeah, I'll tell you right now, I would rather die of COVID than take any part in anything like that. And it's not like these things are meant to protect the children. Children are not at much risk from COVID. This is about protecting the adults, even though children also are not much risk to spread COVID either. But this is really just an extreme manifestation of the paranoia and suspicion that has gripped hold of our society thanks to the COVID fear-mongering from the media. People are treating each other like they're radioactive, even their own family members, even their own children and grandchildren. And you know it's gotten bad when I'm complaining about it because I already treated people like they were radioactive before COVID hit. Yet, as antisocial as I am, even I'm looking around at this and saying, okay, it's too much, guys. This is too much. The other day, I went to get on an elevator. And um, elevators are very contentious now. As I walked towards it, the person on the elevator started pushing the close button furiously so that it would shut me out before I could get on it. It was like something out of a horror movie. And I was the monster they were trying to escape. Now, granted... This may have been because it was just me specifically they were trying to avoid, or it could have been someone who hates elevator small talk like I do. But when I'm trying to shut somebody out of the elevator, I do it discreetly. You know, they shout, hey, can you hold that? And I pretend I'm hitting the open door button, but I'm really hitting the closed door button. So it's like, sorry, it's closing. I don't know what I'm, I, I don't know why. I'm sorry. I, I was looking forward to spending this time with you. I'm sorry. This is so unfortunate. You'll have to catch the next one. All right, see you later. But these days, people are much less discreet in treating everyone else like they're diseased and dangerous. We've all been in the situation where you're, you, know, you walk a little too close to somebody in the supermarket and they practically dive out of the way to avoid you, sending the Tostitos end cap display tumbling down. This is how we've been conditioned to treat each other. When does it end? Okay, that's the question that the apologists for this kind of behavior never seem able to answer. When do we go back to being normal human beings who can walk down the street without wearing bandanas around our faces like train robbers from the 1870s. 
When are we going to stop treating our fellow humans like they just escaped from a leper colony? Some of us never started treating our fellow humans that way. Some of us have always acted this way and don't appreciate our antisocial culture being appropriated like this. But if you're in the if you're in the category where you don't want to walk down the street without a mask and you can't be within arm's reach of another person unless there's a plexiglass barrier between you, like you're interviewing Hannibal Lecter or something, then I ask, when will you have had enough? When will you go back to normal? If you're hugging your grandkids through a plastic tarp, when will you feel comfortable dropping the tarp? I know you might think the obvious answer is when there's a COVID vaccine. Well, okay, but just because we get rid of COVID, if we ever do get rid of it, or mostly get rid of it, um, that doesn't mean we're home free. That doesn't mean we're free of any disease risk. There are still lots of other potentially deadly diseases out there. The person boarding the elevator, even if he doesn't have COVID, could have a million other illnesses. Your grandkids could be infected with God knows what, little germ buckets that they are. If you're practically wearing a hazmat suit now because of the risk, are you going to go back to zero precautions when the risk is gone? Because the risk will never be zero. The risk will never, ever be zero. There will always be a risk of a million different things killing you. And then guess what? I hate to spoil the ending, but eventually one of those things actually will kill you. So again, if you can't handle any risk now, even to hug your own grandkids, will you ever be able to handle risk again? What's the limiting principle? It's the same thing with masks. If masks are, as the mask advocates say, essential to stopping the spread of disease, and they work, and it's also no big deal to wear them, not too onerous, then why should we ever stop wearing them? COVID or no COVID, why should we ever stop? By their logic, we will be wearing masks forever. It will never end. And I think that's probably exactly what's intended. And that's why everyone involved in perpetuating and participating in this hysteria, especially if you're using a hugging tarp. Uh, and by the way, pressing your face up against plastic, I don't know if that sounds like the, the, the safest alternative, but everyone involved in that is canceled. That's going to do it for today and this week. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for listening. Godspeed. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review. Tell your friends to subscribe as well. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, Michael Knowles Show, and The Andrew Clavin Show. Thanks for listening. The Matt Wall Show is produced by Sean Hampton, executive producer Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producers are Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Our technical producer is Austin Stevens, edited by Danny D'Amico, and our audio is mixed by Robin Fenderson. The Matt Wall Show is a Daily Wire production, copyright Daily Wire 2020. If you prefer facts over feelings, aren't offended by the brutal truth, and you can still laugh at the insanity filling our national news cycle, well, tune in to The Ben Shapiro Show. We'll get a whole lot of that and much more. See you there. <laughs>